the General Practice Podcast from Ockham Healthcare, supporting innovation in general practice. Welcome to the General Practice Podcast. I'm Ben Gowland. Now, it's a challenging time for all of us right now, trying to meet the coronavirus challenge. So rather than continue with normal episodes of the podcast, I'm going to be talking to Tara Humphrey, who's supporting a primary care network, while I'm spending much of my time supporting a GP federation. And we're going to share our experiences over the coming weeks as we move through the crisis. So Tara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me back. So Tara, tell us what you're doing now and tell us about this primary care network that you're supporting. So I've got the pleasure of supporting Newham Central One, the primary care network. That is a network of seven practices and I'm their network manager and I'm just helping them do all that I can. So I'm working with a a GP federation in Redbridge, which is in northeast London. And I was looking at the figures as of today. So we're recording this on Tuesday, the 24th of March. And so I see there are 51 confirmed cases so far in Redbridge and 70 confirmed cases in Newham. I think we're both working in areas that are starting to really feel the effect of the virus. Are you noticing that locally? Definitely. And there's more than that because I'm having conversations with practice managers that are saying they've got symptoms So those are the confirmed cases, but the practices I'm working with, healthcare professionals are getting it too. What's your primary care network doing right now to support practices? So the biggest conversation we are having at the moment is how we're supporting remote working, buying laptops. I've just literally just been having a conversation with a GP saying his N3 connection doesn't work. So we're thinking about what's going to be the work around. And we're also looking at our workforce and really trying to understand if this was to continue for three months, six months, and people were going to be working from home, how could we best utilise the workforce? Who is going to be doing what? Who needs a laptop? So it is around that workforce planning, around what is the minimum service, and where we've got other people, we're cancelling appointments, how are we going to utilise their time and skills and expertise? How about you? Yes, like you say, it's, it's an interesting time. So in, in the federation that I'm working with, there's 42 practices. Like you say, there's a set of stuff about how do you support practices right now so that they've got their buddy practices sorted out, their escalation plans are in place, they're able to work from home, they've got the support of the hubs, that we've got the communications to the GPs right. We always did a weekly newsletter, we do that more frequently now. We've got weekly Zoom conferences with the GPs in some of the evenings. But I guess the thing that we're doing now is thinking, look, we know this thing's going to get a lot worse. And so how do we think about preparing for the future? So if we don't think practices are going to be able to continue, then what might that service look like on a more centralised level? Is that kind of in line with your thinking? Not just yet. We've got buddy practices in place. We're talking about hot and cold sites and where we're going to have that hub for positive cases. We're not in that space yet. We're in the space of we're setting up remote working. What does our workforce look like for the next three to six months? And how can we make sure we're communicating as well as we can? So we use WhatsApp quite a lot. And today I did say we need to have another Zoom call to make sure we're all on the same page. So we're not probably as far as advanced as that. We're not thinking too much about the future. We're thinking about what do we need now and in the next few months. The communication side of it is really important, you know, because I think it's easy for practice to get isolated and feel alone and practice staff are worried about what's coming. And I think the more that federations and networks can do about being visible 
making sure that people can see that there is somewhere to go, there is someone to ask questions of, even if we don't know the answers, and that they do get a sense about what's going on. For me, I think that's really important at a time like now. I mean, it's been interesting doing our Zoom conferences. I mean, we we did the first one last week, and we had just over 50. We had, I think, 75 last night. And people are getting a bit more used to technology as well, so we had quite a lot of questions yesterday. And, of course, it's managing that number of people on a Zoom conference is quite a challenge, so that's been good fun trying to work out how to do that. Yeah, we had our first one last week and there were lots of giggles. It wasn't too bad, actually. The main challenge around the communication is just the speed. There's so much you kind of think you need to know. And keeping on top of that, um, WhatsApp has been fantastic. It's been really, really good for us. Uh, To be fair, that has been in place a long time. If you need quick answers, but I think as the network manager, I've got one, Fazana, who you know, she's the only GP at the moment. So she's the CD. She doesn't have time to keep looking at that. So as a network manager, that is my job to make sure people know what they need to know and for me to keep abreast of things that we should be starting to think about coming up. You mentioned hot and cold sites. Are your practices working together through the network to say, okay, this is this is where we'll see our non-COVID patients. This is where we're going to see our COVID patients. Is that active planning? I think that's going to go live pretty quickly. We're having the conversation with the CCG. So I think the plan is for in Newham, every PCN to agree that. I know in other areas, they're all up and running. I sometimes think you get a couple of places that are up and running and everyone thinks everyone's up and running. And my sense is not many places are up and running. So have you got a site identified like this is where it's going to be or are you still working that through? We're still working that through. And it's a really good point you've made about that because clearly it's not a competition, but sometimes it feels like, oh, we're not doing enough. So-and-so is doing that. So-and-so is doing that. So there is a little bit of pressure. We can only move as fast as we can move. What is your biggest challenge right now? If I'm being honest, the biggest challenge is making sure we are truly operating as a network. So some practices are really, really engaged and others aren't. And it's knowing, are they not as engaged because they got it all under control and they're sorted or they're not engaged because they're really, really struggling and they don't have time to put their head up. So it is making sure that we're all operating as one and being clear on what is a network decision and what is a practice decision. I think there are some real practical issues that are a problem around the protective equipment, around testing and getting that in place for GPs. I'm worried about some of our GP population and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect them so that they can care for patients. And that challenge that we haven't got the kit in place, so even if we can get the red site up and running, are we going to be able to protect our GPs? That feels like a a really big challenge. But I guess it links to what you were saying earlier, that there's this challenge of pace. You know, there's so much that needs doing and it feels like that we've got to be actively getting in lots of things set up. So have we got the site for the COVID patient set up? Are we ready for when practices go down and we have to centralise maybe some of the telephone systems that we can expand our telephone and video consultation capacity through the hubs and locally through the federation? Are we able to have places for non-COVID face-to-face and we're going to have centralised locations for that and are they ready? What are we doing about home visiting? Having all that to do in a really short space of time, I think that's where, for me, feels like the biggest challenge right now. It's really everything just feels like a big challenge, but also at the same time, you just kind of get into problem solving mode and it's like, okay, fix this, next thing, fix that, next thing, think about this. So it it is challenging, but it's not overwhelming and it it doesn't feel like a 
catastrophe. We've got lots of checklists. Uh, the NHS Confederation created a document about how CCGs and federations could support PCNs moving forward. And that was very, very helpful. It can be overwhelming. And one of the things that I'm learning is in order to do the range of stuff that needs to be done, there's a lot of skills and expertise out there in practices, in CCGs, in PCNs. And it feels to me like the key right now is harnessing that and bringing it all together and getting it all pointing in the same direction and working towards the same goals and the same plan. Because if we're all working together, it feels like maybe we will be able to meet the scale of the work that we know is in front of us. Whereas I think if we're not doing that, that's how it's going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think today we need to not take a step back, but we need a, a little bit of a pause. Let's have a Zoom meeting. Let's make sure we're all on the same page and then we can ramp up again. So it's just about making sure we're all trying to move forward together. And in the network, I'm very lucky. They are fantastic and we're in constant communication. But it's just making sure everybody is getting the, the most benefit from being part of the network. You mentioned WhatsApp and Zoom. Is that how you're primarily managing your communications in the network? Yeah, if it's quite long, I'll send out an, an email, but I'd sent out a WhatsApp message and then I did a video just to clarify what I was kind of requesting. It's so much easier. I don't think we could get rid of email. I think WhatsApp has been fantastic for us. It's been an interesting piece for me is that I think your days change. I've changed significantly, I would say, over the last 10 days. And now I've had days of just back-to-back Zoom meetings, which would have been unheard of even two weeks ago. The other thing I think we're finding is people find it hard. Just the pace of change for some people is really, really difficult. And I think it's really important to be mindful of that. You know, some practices have had to go from seeing all patients face-to-face to this full telephone triage in a week where they maybe not introduced it for years and years beforehand. And then suddenly we're saying, and now we want you to do that from home. We can set you up at home so you can do that. You don't even have to be in the practice. And that's the next week. And then the week after we're going to be saying, and now we want you to operate from this site. It's a different site. We just need to be mindful of just how exhausting and difficult the pace of change is going to be. And it's, I feel like it's going to be relentless. So it's trying to find ways of supporting people through. It's going to be one of the most important things we can do. Definitely. And I think one of the things I have been mindful of is, and it may sound quite basic, but it's my tone. You know, you need information quickly, but it is saying, sorry, guys, I know I'm asking for this. I'd like to think I was considerate before, but a lot more considerate now and being sensitive to just the amount that is going on and just saying, if you need me, if you're not sure, just call me. We've got seven different practices. They all think very differently around how we're going to do this. So it is that leadership trying to build that consensus. Not everyone's going to be 100% happy with the decisions, but people are committed to whatever the decision is going to be made. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's quite a lot of literature and stuff about management styles and what is an appropriate management style to use in a crisis. And if you're in a a real crisis situation, you can see quite a directive style actually not being unhelpful. But people can't cope with too much direction over an extended period of time. So I do think it's, it's a really tough challenge for leaders right now about saying, at what point are we going to be directive and say, no, this is what's happening and there's no discussion about that versus how are we going to support and help people then through the process once it's decided? And I think that's a real challenge for leaders right now as they're trying to, to get changing quickly, but to help understand how difficult it is as well. Could I ask you, how are you directly supporting all of this and how do you work with your PCN network managers? 
So where we work, there are Federation 42 practices. We've got five primary care networks. Primary care networks, obviously, have got their clinical directors, but the clinical directors are strongly linked into the Federation itself. So each network's got a place on the Federation board. So we've worked hard at trying to be quite a tight unit. We don't have separate primary care network managers in post, but we do have Federation managers. So I guess what we've been doing is trying to make sure that we've got the core Federation leadership team who've been driving some of the change, but then making sure that the primary care network CDs are a key part of that, you know, conscious of their time. Same with some of our practice manager leads. And just the bit we're doing this week is working to saying we're going to have to have individual work streams and actually spread that out. And then I think the role for someone like me becomes more about trying to coordinate across those work streams and unblock blocks as they come in, but making sure that they're clear and that the work's progressing in, in each of them. I was having a conversation with a federation the other day and they were just saying, well, how do we let our PCNs know we're here for them when we need them? What would you be saying to other federations? I know they're all different, but how could the federation be supporting PCNs? So the way I've always thought about this is it's the role of the network to support practices and it's the role of the federation to support practices. And I think what's critical at a time like this, when we do have this, it is a crisis, is networks and federations have to break the barriers down between them and they have to be one team supporting practices. Because if you've got barriers and tensions between networks and federations and you're operating in different ways, that isn't going to be what's needed at a practice level. So each area is different. But my sense is networks and federations just have to become one team working together. So if the federation's got the resource for one thing, then use that. If the network's got resource for something else, then then use that. Because there isn't enough leadership resource There isn't enough support for practices. So whatever we've got, we've got to pull. I mean, we're even locally bringing in the CCG team. So we've got, it's like joint CCG federation and and network teams working together. I think there's an opportunity in a crisis to actually break down the barriers and just come on, let's all work together. And people will be up for that. We have twice a week Zoom calls, 7.30 in the evening, Federation to Primary Care Network. And we all get together, share where things are up to, share plans, work it through together just to stay connected. And Because we, we're conscious if we don't get it right now, if we wait until it's at not coping point, we're going to have lost that time that we could have had now to actually get things in place and to get it working. So how are your GP practices feeling locally? What, what would you say the mood's like out there right now? The mood is just overwhelming. And every time I speak to a practice manager, they all say, oh, sorry, Tara. Sorry, I haven't got back to you quicker. Sorry for this. Sorry for that. And I keep saying, stop apologizing. They're just overwhelmed, information overload and just juggling so many things. But there is that sense they're not crumbling. They're rising to the challenge. How for you? Yeah, I think similar. It's a big change for all of us and everyone finds that difficult. There is a a sense of fear, I would say as well, that we don't know where this is going to end up, but we have a real sense that it's going to get much worse than it is right now. And it's not just about, well, practice be able to cope, but then about themselves, individuals that they know that they work with, maybe even themselves are potentially going to get affected by this. And so I think there is that real sense of fear as well as uncertainty that I think is really difficult for people to cope with at the same time as they're, like you say, overwhelmed and really busy with everything that, that they need to do. I'd like to add, and whilst I can't speak for Fazana, we've got a really good working relationship. I've got a newfound respect for CDs that potentially don't have management support. And I, I don't know how she did it. They've got such a huge role. And now they've got this on top of it. 
So when I look at how the CD is operating, I think she was saying to me that she's really pulling on all of her leadership training, her source for networks training, the time for care stuff. She's really well equipped. But I think if you are a CD on your own and you feel quite lonely, I can sympathise with that. It is a big job. And I think if they don't have the support, they would definitely be feeling the strain. That is the value of local leaders, so different network leaders just coming together and just supporting each other because they've all got tough jobs. And I think it is important there is that leadership support network out there as well. I think the national WhatsApp groups, whilst this kind of generates a lot of information, you can get support there. I put in a question today and someone came back to me really, really quickly. And I think that where they do have those local networks, you know, people are picking up the phone. The support is out there. So what next then, Tara? So when you look to the week ahead, and we're not always going to be able to do it, but if we can, we're going to try and do it weekly. It's going to be interesting to sort of touch base and see how things are progressing. So what's next for you? It's really to get a better understanding of the workforce plan. IT should be sorted out today. We do have regular meetings, but where you have said you have a regular meeting at 7.30, I think putting those into the diary and whoever can make it can make it. PPE is a big priority and really trying to progress if we are going to have a a red site or a hot site what is the logistics and making sure we try to get ahead of the planning before it really ramps up those are next for us it's actually really similar we've identified our work streams but now it's a case of actually turning them into reality and really working hard to get ready for what's ahead by making sure, like you say, we have a red site, we have centralised sites for the non-COVID work, we've got our backroom functions and call centre and clinical triage all ready to go and able to expand. And we're also starting to think about home visiting because we know that's coming in and we know practices aren't going to be able to cope with that. So how can we support with that? So it feels like there's a lot to try and get sorted in the next week. So it'd be interesting to see how far we're able to get. And how are you yourself? We talk a lot about resilience and and we have to look after ourselves. How are you looking after yourself? Well, the way I look at it is it's much easier for me to do my job than it is for the GPs and the practice staff who are really on the front line of this every day in a way that, frankly, I'm not. And so I think if I can make a difference to those guys locally, then that's what keeps me sane, really. I think there's more I should be doing, I don't know. But how about you? What, what are you doing? Probably just the same. I hope it's okay for me to say, but I like helping. It's nice to be needed. It's nice to be able to help. The other day I was in PC World. I've been running to the post office. It's just, it's basic admin to strategic planning. But I do have three children and they are at home. So I'm going to go and have lunch with them today and just trying to make sure when I am with them, I leave my phone in the other room because I can't work 24-7. The kids help me switch off a little bit. That's probably the only thing that I'm doing and being conscious of. Well, this has been really interesting for me, finding out what you're up to, Tara. So we'll try and catch up again next week. In the meantime, thanks to everyone for listening. Me and Tara will be back when we can to give you an update on how we're getting on. Best of luck with your own endeavours. I hope it all works out and we'll see you soon. The General Practice Podcast from Ockham Healthcare. Supporting innovation in general practice.